Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of the Medical Device Success podcast and videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Today's subject is prospecting in the med tech new normal. Probably the biggest and most frequent question I get week in and week out, whether it's via email, LinkedIn, or sometimes virtual calls I have with executives, is how do we prospect in the new normal so we can build business? In fact, this past week, I spent time on the phone with a couple executives talking about just that. So that's what we're going to explore today. And you're going to be exploring it with me. No guest. I think we've got pretty, plenty of information to share. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So there's a bunch of slides. So if you're listening to the podcast, I, you'll, you'll gain all the information you need. Maybe you can review it later and take notes. But you'll also be able to go onto the Medical Device Success YouTube channel, and you'll find the video there in a couple days. And then you can actually see the slides. Or you can contact me, and I'll send you the slides. How's that? You can contact me by email. I don't have any problem uh, sharing a PDF of the slide deck. So if that helps you out, happy to do that. Now, those of you that are watching the video cast, you're going to say, Ted, why are you in a fleece? Was this produced in the winter? Because right now it's 90 degrees in Philadelphia, 90 degrees. It's hot and humid. But I'm in the basement. That's where my office is. <laughs> my wife's got the good office upstairs. So in the basement, it's sort of cool with the air conditioning on. So that's why I'm wearing a fleece. Anyway, I hope everybody else is having a nice sunny day like I am here and um, is ready for the next week. So let's get on to the subject matter at hand. Prospecting in the MedTech new normal. See you on the other side. Okay, welcome back. Thanks for listening to my little bit of music there. And we are going to uh, share the screen because we've got lots to go over. And now you can see me in the corner and you can see my slideshow prospecting in the MedTech New Normal. You can't start the sales process unless you have a prospect, right? So we're just going to focus on this particular area of the sales process, because to get into the entire virtual uh, sales process, we could spend several hours. And in fact, in the uh, podcasts and in the MedTech Leaders community, we have videos of how to improve your sales process. And in fact, we had one with um, uh, Richardson's Sales Performance here in Philadelphia, which is it was a terrific video cast and podcasts. And you can find that in the podcast listings. And you may find that on the Medical Device Success YouTube channel. But you can't start the sales process unless you have a prospect or a current customer. But current customers are easy. We're talking about new prospects today. So what will we cover today? We're going to talk a little bit about the problem, the surveys that support how I define the problem. So you can't say, oh, it's all going to be go back to normal. We've got vaccines and everything's going to go back to normal. 
it's going to go a little bit back to normal, but not completely back to normal. And there's still resistance. We're going to talk about parallel trends that compound the problem. We're going to talk about traditional prospecting versus modern prospecting so we can sort of see the two side by side. Then we're going to talk about the prospecting process, getting attention, awareness, and creating interest, talking about how to deal with gatekeepers. And then what if you have team adoption problems? If you are a manager or a company leader and you've got problems with your team adopting some of these uh, new prospecting techniques, we'll talk about that. Now, please understand that many of my suggestions need to be built into the quality process, into your quality system. You know, it's not hard to do. You already have things in your quality systems for brochures and for your website and all of that. You just need to add some forms for the things that we recommend. It's not hard. It's the only thing it costs you is time. Elbow grease is required. That's it. Just keep that in mind as we go through this and don't have all these things echoing in your head saying, gee, Ted, what about the quality system? This sounds like it's going to be a big, big chore. It's not, unless you make it mentally one, it's not, but you do have to keep this in mind, okay? The sales problem is less access. Trade shows, now virtual or hybrid. Now, even before the pandemic, you have to admit, trade shows weren't that great. I think we led ourselves to believe they were great just because it was exciting to be there. You're networking with some of your friends. You're seeing some doctors on the floor. But did you really get that many great leads? And if you go back and look at those trade show leads, how many turned into great sales? You know, if you had a super hot product, okay, maybe some of them did. But for some people, trade shows weren't that great before the pandemic. But now trade shows are going to be partly face-to-face and part virtual because a lot of the people are going are going into this hybrid type of model. Um, hospital systems have vendor policies and hospital executives like virtual vendor communication. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. So they like it. They like what they experienced in 2020. Physician practices have vendor policies and they're still a little bit nervous. They have typically older people in their practice or vulnerable people in their practice. And they have, um, we have the variants going around and not everybody's vaccinated. And a vaccine isn't absolute uh, solution to getting the, you know, COVID. You can still get it technically. You might not get as sick. And the vaccines are terrific. I feel very safe with my vaccine, but doctors have to be careful. And so do hospitals. Then we have very busy doctors. So these same doctors that are a little bit concerned about who's coming in and out of their practice, they have less time to spend because they're, first of all, they're trying to respond to the pent up demand that was created during COVID. So I think 2020 could be a good year for the products that the doctors are currently using. So that's good news for all of us, right? But they're spending a little more time in the practice, catching up with more patients and abiding by their own protocols for cleanliness, their own PPP uh, changes and sanitation and so on and so forth. So that takes more time. Like I talked to my dentist the other day and they're working much longer hours to get the same number of patients in their practice. 
all of this results in greater friction or resistance in the sales process and especially in prospecting. And whenever we have resistance or friction, things slow down, become more difficult and require greater effort. So let's look at this one Fletcher Spock survey that just came up. This is Q1 2021. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but look at this pie chart. And the biggest part of the pie, 65%. Executives expect business to be done via more virtual interactions, 65%. And that is what they expect post-pandemic. So... In the quotes over here on the left, for those that are listening, there's some quotes here where one executive says, an expanded number of virtual vendor visits moving forward. Another quote, we will have to decrease physical visits with vendors and communicate with them online. The next quote, video conferencing is now the normal way to communicate with vendors. Those are quotes from respondents to this survey. <clears throat> the next uh, survey slide from Fletcher Spock Health systems are prohibiting access to sales reps more so than clinical specialists. So um, on one of these graphs, they, the question is for the people that are listening, is your health system currently allowing access to the hospital for? And so it says uh, sales reps, yes, but limited access, 55%. So yeah, you're getting access. 55% of the systems are allowing some access, but it's limited. Now, for clinical specialists, these are the people that you have going in to do the training, maybe observing surgery or whatever. That's 70%. So the door is a little wide open for them. But that doesn't necessarily help you prospect for new business unless your clinical specialists are really aligned with the sales reps. And 29% of the hospital systems said no access no access for sales reps and 14% access for clinical specialists. And the reason the specialist number is so low is because 70% of them have already said, yeah, they're going to have these specialists. Um, so you can see right there, resistance, resistance to the prospecting and to the sales process, resistance to access. This is causing a problem. So the parallel trend that compounds the problem is that prospects are entering the sales funnel more informed. You know, there's medically oriented social media. I've seen stuff on TikTok, like displays of ro robot surgery, believe it or not, on TikTok. And you've got it on Instagram, you've got it on Facebook. They're using web searches, uh, they belong to different social media communities. And some companies are providing really great informative content. Not all med tech companies, because I look at websites all the time and I don't see as much really good content as I'd like to see, but some are doing a great job. So doctors have a chance to, to become better informed about technologies and new products than they were before. And what amplifies this or accelerates it is the smartphone and tablet computers. They're so much more powerful than they were, you know, five or 10 years ago. So it's an easy way for doctors and healthcare professionals, nurses, and so on to consume content and communications. And something that you might not see, it depends on who you are as a listener, 
but I frequently see is when I'm working with a client to do, let's say, an e-blast or a, uh, yeah, an e-blast is, I think, a good example, is we get data back on that e-blast and we can see the device that people use to open the e-blast and then move on to, let's say, a landing page. And frequently, 50 to 60%, up to 70% of the opens are on smartphones and tablets. Actually, when you combine the two, you're at typically at 70%. The minority is on a computer. So it just shows you how much content is being consumed on smartphones and on tablets. The good news is that this is quicker access to your communication. I mean, pre-pandemic, I used to go into a doctor's practice and you'd see the doctor leaning against the wall, thumbing through his or her emails and messages and stuff on their phone you know, before they go see the next patient. So uh, the good news is quicker access to your information. The bad news is it's a smaller screen in which to grab attention and to communicate anything of value. So those are the parallel trends that sort of compound this problem. More informed people, sometimes they think they're well enough informed and they may not need to talk to a sales representative. Okay, we're going to the next slide, which is what was traditional med tech prospecting? You know, sales reps were in the field utilizing one of their most powerful tools, their ability to interact with people. It's social and it's fun. And they could be face-to-face in the hospital via interactions with healthcare professionals on the floors or in the operating rooms and the procedure rooms. They could be face-to-face with doctors, office staff, nurses, and technicians in physician practices or in specialized clinics. You know, sales reps were in the field building relationships and rapport. And for all of us that have been in sales, we know that that truly is one of the very pleasant things about the profession. We are carrying products that typically help people, you know, improve quality of life. We're proud of what we're representing. And we enjoy telling people about it. And our nature is to build relationships, build rapport, and build friends in the field. That's the traditional way. And it's great. I did it for a lot of my career. But things have changed that make this traditional method, puts puts the traditional method, I should say, at some risk. So in the next slide, we talk about modern med tech prospecting. And the challenge here is to create a new relationship and build rapport with less face-to-face time. So we want to accomplish the same thing, but we may have less face-to-face time to do it. And all those little things and little nuances that go together when you are face-to-face, like when you're sitting in a doctor's office or in a nurse's office and you see a, a picture of their family or a picture of them participating in a hobby. And you can talk about that and you can build some commonality around things or see where they went to school. You don't have that anymore as much, especially with new prospects. Current customers might still welcome you in and you already have that relationship, but with a new new prospect, you may not have it. So sales reps are spending more time prospecting from their office 
you know, they're doing phone and virtual interaction with hospital-based healthcare professionals. And by that, I mean everybody from materials management all the way to the <clears throat> specialty nurses on the floors um, and the surgeons in between. They're having phone and virtual interaction with physician practices. And one thing I comment on here, and I have a bullet in the slide to talk about this, is you really do want to make sure you maintain customer relations. I'm not talking about prospects. Now I'm talking about people that are currently your customer. You want to maintain those customer relationships virtually so you can ask for referrals and they'll help you. But sometimes I feel like when I've observed sales in the past, we didn't ask for referrals enough. And that's because we had the ability to be present face-to-face. But in this new world, you may, well, we'll talk a little bit more about referrals in a minute, but maintain those current relationships you have so you can ask for referrals, referrals at every level. So social media interaction, like LinkedIn Sales Navigator, I know a lot of salespeople are using LinkedIn Sales Navigator to search for and find new prospects and to begin communicating with them. And the nice thing about LinkedIn is that if you send an in-mail on LinkedIn, it gets delivered to somebody's in-basket. You, I don't think you can opt out of in-mails if you are on LinkedIn. You might be able to opt out of other messages and other notifications, but an in-mail goes to somebody. And so you can have a fair amount of faith that it gets there and it doesn't go into their um, spam folder or junk folder. And then we have website reviews. It's another way to to prospect. Look at websites to learn more about um, a healthcare professional. You might find a bio that then you can refer to and build commonalities off of. Um, You can review somebody's profile on LinkedIn to learn a little bit more about them and find something that you have in common to build some commonalities. And then another thing that is very valuable are purchased databases that indicate the number of procedures or prescriptions that a particular healthcare professional may be involved in, especially physicians. Because some of these databases will tell you what hospitals are doing and what physicians are doing. They're not cheap. To get a database information from a good organization that really can track all the, uh, or can really track, excuse me, all the information that's coming out of CMS, for example, is not not inexpensive. However, if you consider the fact that you might be reducing the size of the footprint of your trade show exhibit, you may have saved all that money and you could spend it on a database. So I know several people in the MedTech Leaders community, several of the executives have gone out and purchased databases and have found it very fruitful because it really helps you target a prospect And the reason that's valuable is because when you send a message to that prospect, you can send something, a message that you know that they're going to be interested in. So it helps you target people because you know they're involved in the procedures or prescriptions that you're most interested in as a vendor. Okay, so that's sort of a summary of the modern med tech prospecting environment. Let's move on. Take a breath here. And a very important part of prospecting in my mind is you have to put yourself in their shoes. Your prospects want solutions to their problems, not your problems. 
and they want help being more successful. And so that's an important part of any kind of virtual message, email message, whatever message that you're sending, phone, voicemail message to a prospect is that you want to help provide them with a solution and help them be more successful. You just can't jump into features, advantages, and benefits. And 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 I'm going to go right to the next slide, which is getting the healthcare professional's attention, their awareness, and their interest. You don't want to just provide them puffery, that you've got the greatest thing since sliced bread. You want to provide them with meaningful and helpful content. And you could give them, I have a bullet here saying, a value-based attraction campaign of content, email with content, website content, embedded video, and then knowing what your phone message is going to be. So you can actually create a campaign that's well-designed to deliver this content. So they're, they're getting a message regularly but professionally in a way that will build their awareness and their interest. And even though it's supposed to be meaningful and helpful and not puffery, it still can be related to your product. And they'll figure that out. And that's okay. They know what your job is. They know that you are a salesperson or a sales organization, or maybe on the marketing side that you're marketing something. They know that. But if it's valuable content, presented in a professional way, they'll appreciate it. Make it easy to consume. That's the next bullet. Like if you're using a video, keep them short and use pictures. I saw a presentation the other day by a subject matter expert and talked about how many messages a video or a picture can send versus an email. And if you think about it, a short video that is describing something or a picture that describes something, maybe it's a pictograph or something like that. There might be three or four pages of email information in that simple picture, but the person that consumes it gets it very quickly and they appreciate that. Now videos can be created out of like white papers by KOLs, key opinion leaders, or clips from key opinion leader webinars and or instructional videos. So you might already have content at your company that you can use right now where you can take a clip out and that can be the point of an embedded video that is being sent to a prospect. You know, Dr. Smith, I thought you'd find this particular technique that Dr. Jones used using this particular kind of product to solve this particular kind of problem. Here it is. And then it's like one minute. And then the end of the video is the sales rep saying, you know, I've attached the complete video to this email for your review. Or it could be, you know, I'll call you by phone to see if you have any greater interest in learning more about this. So there's ways that you can use current content and splice it into embedded videos and have it still fit within the quality system. Just has to be planned out and the marketing people and salespeople can work together to get this done. And you can drive people to your website. Now, first you need to enhance the website with content because a website works for you 24 seven. 
that works for you when the doctor gets home after a busy day and, of course, is not taking calls from sales reps. Maybe they're going through their emails you know, before they go to bed, after they've put the kids to bed or something like that. Or they're doing it in the morning, you know, as they're getting in the car and warming the car up on a cold winter day. Um, it works for you all the time, you know, depend, regardless of what time zone somebody's in. You know, set it up to set the website up with marketing automation to help visitors self-identify. So these people could be prospects that self-identify so their interest can be tracked and scored and then thrown over the wall to the CRM. And are you going to drive people to the website with social media? And believe it or not, Facebook is a great place to go to help drive people to a website. And it's getting used a little bit more by major companies, especially on business to consumer where they have a, a prescription or a product for consumers. It could be like solutions for your contacts or something like that, or contact lenses. Uh, but from business to business, a good micromarketing company like uh, Gyrus Micromarketing, they can find the doctor targets you're looking for on Facebook and make sure they get a message about your product that drives them a value message that drives them to your website or to a landing page where they will identify and from then on you can track them. So you want to drive visitors to the website to help create awareness, interest, and gather a, you know, um, attention. So the next page of getting the healthcare professional's attention, awareness, and interest, I continue by talking about you know, from the website, you know, linking it to the CRM so visitor traffic can be related to prospects that are already in the CRM. And now the sales rep can see that the prospect has been visiting the website and consuming information. And the CRM will actually tell your salespeople what the person's been consuming. The other great tool to use is embedded video in emails. It increases open rates by 26%. And it's a great way to uh, communicate information. And so I was mentioning it just a minute ago where you could splice in content that you may already have in, in the instructional videos or webinars that you've conducted. You can splice them into embedded videos. And when I say embedded video, I mean it's a GIF that shows up in the email. It's not just a little attachment at the bottom of the email. It is a GIF. So when somebody opens the email, they will see your salesperson's smiling face with their hand up, maybe waving, or maybe with a little whiteboard that says the doctor's name or the nurse's name or the materials manager's name. So now whoever sees this, when they open their email, they're going to realize this isn't a broadcast email. This is to me. That salesperson is holding up my name. And they click on it and it says, hello, Dr. Smith. Shows that um, spliced in clip. And then it has an ending calling for action. That's a Embedded videos are a great tool. It's a great way to differentiate, differentiate your company. And it's not being used by very many med tech companies still, not to this day, even though other industries are using it like crazy. 
The other great thing about embedded videos is that they can be tracked and tied into your CRM as part of um, just the standard CRM or part of a sequence or cadence. And you can see if they've been watched. You can actually see if the entire video has been watched. And then again, the prospect can be scored in terms of their interest. So for example, let's say as a sales rep, you sent a series of three videos <clears throat> to a prospect, maybe it's the infectious control nurse at a hospital or the uh, head of ICUs at a hospital, and they've opened all three and consumed them completely. Now they have shown that they've become more aware of what you're talking about, and they may have some interest. I think you've got a good excuse to call them if they've watched two or three complete videos. Now, if they haven't watched them, then you know that they may not be interested or perhaps the embedded video is not getting through. And there's there's a something you can do about that too. But the neat thing about embedded videos is you can actually see the consumption of the video and you can respond to that. And that can help you with gatekeepers. We'll get to that in a second or a minute. I Again, embedded videos. I think they're underutilized in med tech, and I think they're a great tool. You should learn about them. There's some great uh, platforms out there like Vidyard, Loom, Soapbox by Wistia, BombBomb. There's several out there that are excellent. Referrals are more important than ever at all levels. And use the word help. Ask for help. It's like the magic word. When somebody asks you you for help, what do you do? What's the first thing that happens to you? You get hit with a little bit of empathy because it's our nature. We want to help. So if you ask for help in a sincere way, people that you know in the hospital system, a healthcare professional in the hospital system or clinic or in the doctor's practice or the doctor themselves, you might be surprised at how much they'll help. So ask for referrals at all levels and use the referral to get the prospect to consume the content. And so you could start out an email in the subject line of an email. The You could say, Dr. Smith suggested I share this with you. I guarantee that person is going to open that email and watch the little video that you embedded in the, e in the email. I really heavily suggest using referrals and think about a referral strategy and get good at it. And this can be at all levels, whether you're getting a referral from a nurse on one floor to try to meet a nurse on another floor because you need to do some virtual in-services or you want to do a virtual in-service for education to try to introduce a technology, use referrals. Okay, now that you've done all that, and we, we talked about the embedded videos, um, we've talked about the referrals, we've talked about this communication, and we've talked about scoring interest. Now, that requires marketing automation. It's a little bit of an investment on the company's part but it's not difficult to do. And I think you can even do it with CRM without marketing automation if you're just working on the CRM side. But marketing automation really helps connect the activity on your website to um, your CRM and then ultimately to the sales team. But now that you've done all that, you can go back to the phone. 
So one person that we interviewed for the MedTech Leaders community, and I'm pretty sure this is on the Medical Device Success YouTube channel, it's episode 25 or 26 uh, with Jeff Howell. Jeff Howell. Sorry, Jeff, if you're listening and I stumbled on your name. But Jeff Howell out of Canada works for a uh, medical platform company, and he'll use embedded videos to get somebody's attention, to communicate value and content then he watches for their consumption of those embedded videos. Then he converts back to the phone and he calls up and he says, I saw that you watched this video and the, or these two or three videos. I thought maybe you'd have some uh, questions. So I'm trying to get back in touch with you. Sometimes they'll come right to the phone because they feel, and he says they feel like they know me. So sometimes the people will come to the phone or at least they'll respond to his message. Or you can go to email, a standard email, and you can do the same thing and see if you get a response to your standard email. Now, if you want to see how an embedded video works, I hope I'm not opening up a can of worms here, but send me an email and I will send you one. I typically use Soapbox by Wistia just because I use it all the time. Um, I don't know that it's going to be the best for all med tech companies, but it's easy for me but I'll send you one so you can actually see what it's like. So send that email to Ted, T-E-D, at medicaldevicesuccess.com, and I will send you a embedded video, okay? You're going to send it to Ted at medicaldevicesuccess.com, and I will respond to you. How's that? Deal? All right, let's get to the next slide because – when you're trying to get the healthcare professional's attention, what happens is we frequently have to deal with a gatekeeper. So the title of this slide to listeners is, is there a gatekeeper? <clears throat> and first, you want to know who they are. And no offense to some people in the field, but when I've worked in the field, I've seen a lot, a lot of gatekeepers not treated with a great amount of respect. The best salespeople do treat them with respect, but make sure you know who they are. And especially in this prospecting situation where they're going to be new to you, when you call, make sure you introduce yourself. Don't just ask for the doctor. You introduce yourself and introduce your intent and ask for their name and then address them by name. Treat them like a real person. So make sure you know who they are and record that. Make sure you put that in the CRM or however you keep track of your prospects so that when you call them back, you can say, is this Jim? Is this Sally? So they feel like, oh, we already have a connection and you're communicating that and you believe that they're important. So the next thing is to ask them for help. Use the help word again. And in the case that you believe that the uh, healthcare professional has already shown interest in the product, you can say, I just want your help in understanding how I might be able to get in touch with Dr. Bar Bartholomew or material management manager Jones, because they watched three of my videos completely and they showed a great amount of interest. And I just want to see if they have any questions that I can answer for them. Um, 
So that's what I put in my second bullet, which is to stay out of trouble. The gatekeeper needs a reason to let you communicate with the healthcare professional. They don't want to put people through and waste their boss's time. So they need a reason. And the stuff we just talked about in the previous slides gives them a reason if you communicate it properly. And so that's what I was just talking about. If you tell them, I need some help, I'm trying to talk to so-and-so because they consume this, they downloaded these white papers. I want to see if they have any questions about this particular technology. You might be surprised at the help somebody wants to give you because they don't want to hold back information that now you have indicated their boss, whether it be a doctor or a manager or a nurse, has shown interest in. So it could open the gate for you. <clears throat> and third, you know, which I'm getting ahead of myself on the side is you should have the reason. And we just talked about, you know, they should have seen the videos. They should have consumed your emails. They should have downloaded some white papers. So you're following up on that. So first, know they, if, if there's a gatekeeper involved, let's summarize this. First, know who they are and develop, try to develop a relationship with them, even though it's over the phone or via email. Always thank them. Even if you don't feel like they're being helpful, still say thank you. Second, to stay out of trouble, they need a reason to help you communicate with the healthcare professional. And third, by now, you should have the reason for them. And that is that they watched a couple of the videos that you sent and you can see how much was consumed and you can speak that it's specifically to the gatekeeper. You can say it was a video about a special endoscopic technique that solves a particular problem that the doctor may have encountered. You keep it specific. Don't make it general. Make sure that it's specific. So those are the three points about helping to manage a gatekeeper and getting their cooperation um, as you go forward. I think we've covered a lot of ground on the whole area of prospecting in this new med tech world. And we're not getting into the next phase of, you know, we're just prospecting. You're, we're trying to sell in a first meeting with a doctor where you're going to go into the rest of the sales process. And that's going to require additional skills. You know, how good are you at using PowerPoint virtually via Zoom or Microsoft meetings or Google Meet or whatever it might be? Are you good at managing PowerPoint? How good are you at demonstrating a product via video virtually? So those are other parts of the sales process. We're talking about prospecting, getting that first conversation going so that you can sell a real first encounter with the healthcare professional at, that we're talking about. So now we're going to get into what I believe is my last slide, which are which sort of goes more to managers and maybe to some salespeople, but uh, team adoption problems, and I call it build a success model. This is a conversation I had. <clears throat> I've had a couple times actually, but most recently this past week with a with a CEO of a distribution company, and that is how do you get the team to adopt some of these new techniques? Because it's not easy and it's not something some of the traditional salespeople are comfortable with 
or they may not take it really seriously. I'm going to go right through the bullets here. One is pick two or three of the most tech-savvy salespeople. These might be your younger people or your newer people. I'm older, and I'm pretty tech-savvy, so it could be an older person too. But if you notice that somebody seems to be tech-savvy, um, pick one or two or three of these people. Match them up with a marketing support person and also some CRM support and make those people a team, the marketing people and these two or three um, tech-savvy salespeople. <clears throat> then all you need to do, if you need to buy some additional licenses, for example, for uh, using embedded videos, some of the programs you can get free, at least for a while, but when they're free, they may not be as robust as they are if you've actually purchased a license. And you might get additional services if you purchase a license. And the licenses aren't that expensive, especially if you're you know, trying to build a success model. You want it to be successful. So invest in the license. And you might have to invest in a couple licenses for an additional module to your CRM for a couple people. Just go ahead and do it. You'll have to talk to your CRM people about this. That's the, the investment you're making now. <clears throat> and then pay for decent webcam, webcams if they don't already have them. And then challenge them to get the instruction they need to create simple cadences or sequences, whatever your CRM vendor calls them, for prospects and website visitors. The instruction they need to use the embedded videos and whichever platform you choose, like I, I mentioned several before, Loom, Vidyard, BombBomb, uh, Soapbox by Wistia, all of them have great video instruction and they also have experts that you can uh, use, you can actually talk to and have virtual meetings with to gain these skills. And then splice some useful video content into their embedded videos to help them understand how to do this and learn how to put all this stuff together. And finally, set them loose and let them own this project and get the metrics of how they're doing. You know, have them report back to you every week on how it's going, what they're seeing, what they're experiencing. And finally, after you've done this, and I, I'm pretty confident you're going to have a success with this. I'm pretty confident they're going to have so much fun and they are going to uh, be excited and feel like they're being given tools and resources to move forward. Um, a couple things is going to, are going to happen. But first of all, they're going to have some success and they're going to have some interesting stories about this success. And you're going to let them present their success to the rest of their sales peers. And then at that presentation, you can say, Anybody else who wants to participate in this, let me know, and I'll get you the licenses and the training that you need. But let me tell you something else that's going to happen here. If this is a two or three or four month project uh, to create this success model with this small um, ninja team of sales and marketing people to get this going, other people are going to hear about it it's going to be whispered down the valley. Other sales reps are going to be saying, what are you doing? What did the boss ask you to do? What kind of team do you have? You had this kind of success or that kind of success? It's going to spread. And that's the neat thing about a success model is other people hear about it. 
and then they want to be involved. So even before this group presents it to the rest of the team, you're going to have some momentum going in the organization around this. But be careful. Even though it's exciting and it seems like you're getting some initial successes, take the project to a conclusion of two or three months of effort. You know, what what kind of open rates do you have on the emails? Um, how many new prospects are people getting per week compared to what they were getting before? Um, how many new... Uh, dollars are in each of these uh, of the special ninja team fun- sales funnels. How have their prospect or their new business opportunities? How how has that flourished in the sales funnel? Set out some metrics that you want to gain, and also some milestones that you want them to hit in terms of learning how to use it, starting to employ and um, deploy the embedded you know, uh, video emails and so on and so forth. Set all that stuff as a project. You're going to have a good time doing this. I guarantee you. And they will too. And I think the result will be very, very positive. That brings to a conclusion, my presentation. Yep. That says, good luck. This last slide. Good luck. That's what I'm wishing you. Okay. So I've covered a lot of ground in this presentation. And like the last slide says, I wish you the best of luck. But a couple more comments that could be helpful. Uh, One is perhaps you're a field salesperson that is watching this and or listening to it. And you are working in an organization that has not adopted virtual platforms or embedded emails or some of the things that we've talked about has not put made a process out of this for prospecting and or made it a very constructive part of your sales process, the overall sales process. If that's the case, what I would suggest that you do is take a look at a couple of these platforms, sign up for the free version and play around with it. You know, send a couple embedded videos to your friends or to a member of the family, see how it works. Imagine how you could take your technology and apply the embedded videos to your technology, for example. Take a look at your CRM, uh, maybe nose around and ask people at the company, the people that manage the CRM, if cadences are available or sequences, whatever it's called. It's sort of an automatic way of sending out emails. And then once you have some of this basic information, talk to your boss and say, I'd like to do this. You know, is it okay if I get the help of a marketing person and make sure that this is all, you know, in the quality system, what I do, and that I'm not violating any company policy, but I wouldn't mind exploring this and experimenting with it and then reporting back to you what kind of results I get. Because what I hear is that the open rates are higher, the engagement's higher, and it might help me with prospecting. So be a leader, be a volunteer, and see how your Uh, superiors respond to it. Maybe get another sales rep to uh, show the same interest and the two of you go together to offer to do this. Okay. So that would be if you're in the field and if you're a a sales manager or a, a company executive, then, you know, I suggest trying to build a success model that doesn't take a lot of effort, you know, assign it, delegate it, let people go. You might be surprised at what people do.
So again, I wish all of you the best of luck with prospecting. It's a big challenge. And I know that anybody that is taking the time to listen to this is up to the challenge because you're interested in it to begin with. All right. And finally, I'm going to say, go win your week.